passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Welcome to Rewind to Raw. I am John Pollock alongside waiting moments after the final episode of Raw before WrestleMania, where uh, the brand split ended tonight. For, for one night only, you know, I think I think it ends officially this week and then starts probably back up um, next week. You know, maybe maybe the maybe like 10 days from now. Yeah, well, well, tonight, tonight there were ex- extenuating circumstances because you could not have put this episode together unless Ricochet was was in that slot. <laughs> so you know, you you did yeah. have to uh, you did have to make some allowances here. Well, what for, else are you going to put in a non finish in the main event? Uh, that's the, of co- of course, yes. Uh, we will get into all of Raw, all three hours of it from uh, Pittsburgh. How are you doing tonight, Way? Doing all right, John. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. We had a really great uh, start to our week today. If you want to check out the post daily news show, uh, as we had Dave Meltzer on to kick off our post WrestleMania week coverage. So if you want to catch that, some uh, last minute discussion about WrestleMania week, the hype for it and other stories that we'll be uh, following throughout the week. And we'll be live every day this week at one Eastern time. And then it's into all of the big WrestleMania week programming um we we should mention rewind away a new edition will be dropping on tuesday night with our look back at the 2016 draft what started this whole brand split that has now matured into this uh vigorous competition between two rival brands uh on one side is raw the other smackdown it all began july 19th 2016 at least the second brand split so we will be reviewing that episode of smackdown and then we're into uh wrestlemania week where Way and I are going to be doing uh, special bonus shows for Post Wrestling Cafe members on Thursday night after Spring Break and Bloodsport, on Friday night after SmackDown and the Hall of Fame. Then on Saturday, I'm going to be doing a review for patrons of the Supercard of Honor show. Way is going to be tackling Spring Break Part 2 along with John Pine, who is our resident GCW reviewer. And then Saturday night, we are live right here on the YouTube channel immediately, minutes after WrestleMania night one, WrestleMania Saturday, and then the same for Sunday, right after the second event here on the YouTube channel. Brandon Davey will have coverage of NXT Stand and Deliver. It's packed this week, way. Yeah, we've even got the return of MCU later with WH Park and Rich Fan talking about the first episode of Moon Knight, which debuts tomorrow late in the evening, very, very, very late. So excited to listen to those guys for that. And of course, WrestleNomics, we got the British wrestling, uh, Bushby and Thompson's wrestling adventure where they'll be talking about Scott Hall with Will Cooling. So the team is, is up in full force this week. 
Yes, yes. So uh, lots of stuff to uh, to check out. Uh, it's a great time to jump aboard uh, the Post Wrestling Cafe. If you are considering uh, joining uh, the cafe, uh, wait until the 1st, and then you get the whole month's free. Uh, if you sign up right now, uh, it automatically does charge you. So we're not, we're not trying to... But, uh, but- but if you want to, just go ahead. It's six bucks, you know, and and it's the only way you'd be able to listen to some of these shows right away, including uh, the the Thursday night offerings. That is true. So uh, you you can you can make the decision that best suits you. But you'll have tons of shows uh, coming your way, both on the free feed and on the post wrestling cafe feed. And way we have uh, several news and notes regarding uh, WrestleMania week uh, that we got today, including. Uh, an extended scene of Seth Rollins going to WWE headquarters to meet with Vince McMahon. And he walked into Vince McMahon's office after he was uh, delayed and just had to wait and wait like a total geek. And then he walks into the office. And after weeks, weeks of Seth Rollins trying at every turn to get on the WrestleMania card, all he had to do was ask. He didn't think to ask Vince McMahon for a spot at WrestleMania. So he's not just giving Rollins a match. He's giving him his own main event, whatever that means. Does this mean a third night of WrestleMania? Main events. Yeah. I I mean, what what is the definition of a main event in WWE in 2022? You know, um, what what are the main events now? Uh that are being promoted as main events. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What exactly? Kevin Owens denotes? is calling his thing the main event. Uh, Brock and Reigns is being called the main event. I think Ronda's referred to her match as the main event. Uh, Cody and uh, Seth have their so own main event. event. So Bianca and 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 Becky is not a main event. Um, not really. I mean, there's two main events technically. Right. No, but not in, according to the WWE. There's at least three, if not more. Uh, you could call us. You could call the whole every show is the, <laughs> every like, match is the main the, event. The Street Profits have a tag title main event with the uh, okay. Alpha Academy and RK Bro. In okay, theory. all right. So that's it. Rollins gets his match against an opponent of Vince McMahon's choosing, who will show up this Sunday when Seth Rollins is in the ring. Yes, that is right. So yeah, um, I have to think clearly something changed, plans changed when you know they were they went off air last week teasing this sort of um. Uh, what what occupy raw type of deal that that he was going to hold raw hostage and just very quietly this afternoon they decided to shoot and release this angle to just get rid of all that. So I mean, I mean, this required you know Seth going to the headquarters and stuff. I have to imagine they had at least some of this uh, plotted out. I guess the difference is, but but not from last week. Well, the way it was set up, it would have it would have made sense that Seth starts the show and he's not going to leave. And that leads to Vince coming out and you do this segment in front of the crowd. Sure. Yeah, maybe. Who knows, John? You know, but this is how they maybe they thought, what, what is this arena going to react to when Vince, when the big culmination of this angle is, well, you should have just asked. I don't know, dude. Well, and I don't think they give a shit either. You know, in the end here, it's it, you know, we have kind of have our answer. We were speculating how hard are, are they going to hit the Cody teases and they are choosing to build to this without any mention of him at all. And um, basically kind of treating it like it's a bit of the Hardys situation, although with I mean, obviously a bit more expectation this time around. Do, do you think they did a good enough job? Do you think like the vast majority of people 
are aware of COVID. Like, I, I think it's 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 enough out there that that, mm-hmm. and it's only going to build over this next week. It's he is going to be uh, one of the most discussed figures in in wrestling leading up to Sunday. Um, I mean, they, they didn't have to do anything today. I, I, I don't think, th- it I don't think so either, unless you wanted to just like absolutely hit people over the head with it. I think people know where it's going and it's you're selling people on that anticipation factor that, OK, I th- this should be a huge moment and I don't want to miss it. I would this people are going to remember this pop and that's what everyone's going to remember from this angle. They're not going to remember uh, Seth Rollins dancing in front of uh, Vince McMahon's dinosaur wall. They're going <laughs> to remember the the reaction that Cody gets on Sunday. So there you go. That was set up. They also officially added Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods against Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Also, uh, for the first, that's right. So the Rollins, the Rollins deal is on night one, correct? Yes. It's a Saturday. Saturday. And Mm -hmm. so is the, uh, the new day against Sheamus and Ridge Holland. So both of those happening on Saturday. Yeah. So, um, I guess maybe we'll go over the full card a bit later. You think? Yes. I also want to get your thoughts on Brantley Gilbert and Jesse James Decker, who will be singing America the Beautiful on each night. You know, I think they're going to do a great job. Yes. Yeah, I have a feeling. Let's get into the show. Uh, prior to Raw, for main event, it was Veer Mahan over Cedric Alexander and Finn Balor over Apollo Crews. Do you know if we had gone to that Toronto house show, we would have gotten to see Veer Mahan? Wow. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll just have to wait a week. I guess, well, we we hope. We hope it's only a week. Hmm. Michael Cole is on commentary with Jimmy Smith, Byron Saxton, and Corey Graves. Um, I, I don't know why he had to be. I guess, like, we really wanted, like, this SmackDown involvement on the show. But this poor guy, like, he's got enough this week. And let's throw him out there for three hours of Raw on top of it. God knows we don't need four people on, on commentary. I don't disagree, um, but I mean, maybe they just I think they want the WrestleMania week feel for all of these shows, thus the WrestleMania branding and, and making you, you know, like put, putting the whole crew there. I, I also think maybe because you're telling SmackDown storylines, there's probably a desire to want the SmackDown commentators there. Well, um, I, I guess that was that was Michael Cole's role on this show, but it was I, to, to me, it was like really clunky with the four for for three hours. Brock Lesnar comes out and says, good evening, Pittsburgh. And he welcomes everyone to Raw. And he says, that felt good. But I also think that sucked. I won't do that again. And he talks about going down memory lane at WrestleMania. And he was very good natured with the what chance. And there were a lot of what chance on the on this particular show. Well, he it was, was pretty much encouraging them. Yeah, he was like, that's okay. You can uh, you can do that if you'd like. And he mentions that uh, he talks about how Austin never was able to kick my ass. And he's going to take Reigns on a carnival ride. Then the two are going to be wedding crashers. Our titles are going to get married. They're going to have a baby. And that baby will be the unified title. And I'm going to get full custody of the title. And I'm in a good mood because on Sunday I get my hands on Roman Reigns. And that was Brock Lesnar's involvement on this show. Coming to talk about two title belts fornicating and having an offspring that he will gain custody of. And he left. That was it. That was the Brock Lesnar go-home segment for WrestleMania. Well, we don't know if they're going to do anything on... Uh, we would expect something on SmackDown, right? Like, but I, I thought this would be the big one. You they're know, not they even... Prom- I, I would say 
like every time these guys are on TV, they are promoting their appearances on TV. They're they are only plugging the Battle Royal. Like I really do feel SmackDown is going to be much more of a throwaway show than like this to me was the go home episode tonight. No, then maybe you're right. Yeah. I mean, clearly the peak of this angle was the uh, car stuff. And and, um, beyond that, I mean, this past Friday wasn't much of a segment. And, you know, this segment and the the segment to come later on with Roman, I I wouldn't say that there need to watch segments at all. But I continue to be quite entertained by this Brock Lesnar. You know, like this was not by classic standards. I think a good, smooth wrestling promo. But to me, it made Brock more likable because the man is clearly loving every moment of this period of his career in front of this audience he just exudes just you know somebody who's out there having having fun he's a bit more loose in the promo and somehow to me it just kind of makes him a bit more real and and uh, feel a bit less rehearsed i found the austin stuff really interesting you know, and of course, the, the guys on, on the show this year, so they, you know, it's it's worthwhile to, to mention his name um, across the entire show. But you had specifically both Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns on this show make allusions to beating Steve Austin up or, you know, some sort of physical confrontation with Steve Austin here. Brock Lesnar saying he never beat my ass, you know, like in, in, in his way of handling the what chance and then even encouraging the what chance. And of course, during the, the, the Roman segment, we'll talk about later. Uh, Roman straight up saying, I'm going to beat up Steve Austin, you know, if you guys keep wetting me. So it's really fascinating. At this point, obviously, we we don't even know how the man's going to look, you know, on, on Saturday. But oh, he's, he's going to look great. Um, so do you think they'll be oh, they're, they're thinking of more? I I think all bets are off once we're, we're going into this weekend. I Steve Austin can say whatever he wants this week when he walks out and it's going to be. Might not be a sold out crowd, but it's going to be a gigantic crowd. And I think that segment is going to be terrific. It's going to probably be the hottest thing. It may be the hottest thing between either night, Austin and, and Owens, in terms of crowd response. And who knows how Austin is going to come out of this weekend. And these would be your logical choices. If Steve is going to do something else down the road, um, these would be the people that would be on that short list. So um, I'm just I, I don't I don't like, think it hurts to, to throw that out. And I just don't know what Austin's mindset. It could be very different a week from now than he is approaching WrestleMania. I'm just kind of curious now at this point, like what down the road even entails, you know, how how short is how small is this road? And I mean, can we anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But I mean, the Steve Austin I mean, they, stuff, they, I they both really teased it way. Like, it's a yeah. good observation. Like, well, I don't. Well, could it be as early as could he make a second appearance on Sunday night? Um, I think anything's possible. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, I would say anything is is possible, but I, I would say like a smaller chance that they're, they're shooting some angle with, with Austin for, for the next night. Like I, I, I think a lot of this too might be just the fact like the crowd is wanting and it was natural for them to play off of that. But at the same time, it serves a dual purpose, like shoot, mm-hmm. shoot your shot of like, okay, Austin's doing this. This is wrestling where, there's always the chance for for more, and the fact that Austin is doing as much as he is this weekend, if you're if you're a worker, you're looking at the opportunity of how can I benefit from this? Like his mind is at least semi open to this. Let's go full out with, with a match next year, or like WWE is certainly not going to be shy. I think of approaching Austin again down the road when when they need something. Hmm. 
Then the Miz comes out and he brings up the the mask he stole from Ray last week and gave it to the greatest luchador in history, Lucha Logan. And out comes Logan Paul cartwheeling his way out. And Corey Graves notes that his younger brother, Sam Adonis, uh, told him everyone in Mexico is buzzing about Lucha Logan and he could be the next El Santo. And this got a lot of booze. Miz is going to steal another mask tonight. So he has a matching one with Logan. And the Mysterios come down. Dominic's pissed. He takes down the Miz. And the ref pulls him away and ejects Dominic ahead of the singles match between Miz and Rey Mysterio. So they had a short match. They went through a commercial break. And Rey hit a seated senton. And then Miz tried for a slingshot. And it's countered into a sunset flip. And for Rey... He was like really trying hard to stay upright and keep uh, Miz's shoulders down, but maintains the position, pins Miz, and then we get into the post-match where Dominic uh, tosses Logan Paul into the ring, and they're setting up Logan Paul for the double 619, but again, he avoids it, and Ray takes his mask back. They double-team the Miz, hit him with the double 619, and Dominic and Ray hit frog splashes on the Miz. So this was one of many segments where it was like, you set up this heat for the heels, and it was like the baby faces got their their revenge on this on this show going into WrestleMania. There was there were a few of these tonight. Yeah, in this particular case, I'm I'm guessing they, you know, I mean, first of all, it's all done to kind of fill the time, uh, what seems like endless amounts of time right before you know the pay per view. But also, I'm guessing because it's a celebrity, they probably won't don't want his face covered for the duration of the match itself. And I would say that the thing that they seem to be holding back and sort of like the, you know, the, the goal at the end of it all is to see this double 619 on Logan Paul, which they teased multiple weeks and haven't delivered. It's the big spot that I see as, as um, yeah, that should be the big climax of the match. Veer promo for next Monday. And then they replayed the Seth Rollins appearance at WWE headquarters. Uh, do you want to know the weirdest thing? Um I saw someone uh, note this online, so this was not my my observation. But in the online video that they put up earlier today on Twitter, uh, Seth Rollins is wa- in the waiting area, and then the clock fast forwards to eight forty five a.m. to show the the time lapse. In this version on TV, it goes to nine oh five. So they tacked on twenty minutes to emphasize how long he was waiting. What? <laughs> no, hold on a second. So, so instead the, of waiting until eight forty-five, fifty-four. Instead of it was, waiting, the online version, he waited until eight forty-five and then was called into the office. Okay. In the TV version that they aired tonight, it was nine oh five. Okay, so uh, he also sent out the like the text message on his timeline, which it said nine o'clock. Right. The meeting was supposed to be at nine o'clock. Let me look this up very quickly. Yeah, so I want you in my office at 9 a.m. on Monday. So that was the Vince McMahon text message. So I'm guessing they realized, well, it doesn't make sense. Because he arrives at something like before 7 a.m., isn't that? Yeah, yeah. That where he shows eager. up. It's like, so I guess at 6 a.m. They don't want Vince to look so eager that he's willing to let the guy into his office before the scheduled meeting date. Because he's so powerful, it makes more sense for the character to make Rollins wait five minutes later. Right. Okay. So there you go. And it was, uh, so they made it 905 on TV. That's some attention to detail. Totally meaningless, but okay. Sure. <laughs> Omos took on the Viking Raiders. They did inform us the Viking Raiders are from SmackDown. That was a good reminder for everybody. 
And uh, this featured Eric running into a clothesline that sent him falling to the floor in so much pain that he was counted out via clothesline as mm. Ivar checks on him. This one went 51 seconds, and then Omos laid out Ivar with a kick off of the apron. Uh, the less said about this, the better. It was 51 seconds, not much to, uh, to say. I don't know if the Viking Raiders are going to be your favorites in the Battle Royal. And Kevin Patrick came into the ring to interview Omos, mentions that you are undefeated and you've, been, you've never been knocked off your feet. I think this is the first time they've ever brought that up, and for good reason, for what they were true? about to do. That he's never been knocked off his feet. Like in all those AJ matches, he's, he's never been knocked off. Okay, whatever. You cannot make me go and check Omos matches. I, I, I will I not. Uh, we, we take uh, a risk by going at their word, but that is what they said. He says, no one can threaten me. I will dominate everyone. And with that, out comes Bobby Lashley with no MVP. That, that was interesting. Yeah. Big Bobby chant. He gestures to the WrestleMania sign and then Omos pie faces him. They have a, a fight and Lashley hits a running shoulder block, taking Omos off his feet and down to the floor. He goes, both men point to the WrestleMania sign. They know what they're doing this weekend. That's a contract. Basically, that's it. A verbal deal right there. So um, they didn't even have to ask Vince McMahon. They just they were able to set this up on their own. So they really just needed to point with somebody else. Good for them. Yeah. So there you go. Omos and Bobby Lashley. That is happening on Sunday. And what do you think should happen in this match? Yeah, it's really interesting. First of all, I mean, I thought it was a successful babyface debut for Bobby Lashley here. You know, putting up him up against the bigger man. I mean, that's just kind of classic Vince McMahon, WWE, David Goliath playbook here. You know, I thought it worked out pretty well. The crowd was chanting Bobby. So I'm expecting, you know, more of the same here. Um Man, does Bobby Lashley beat Omos? I mean, they have to save a lot, I think, for this backlash thing. I'm assuming a match like this will probably get a proper build, you know, in the next month leading to backlash. So I could see Omos maybe somehow finding a way to cheat to win. Maybe MVP makes a return. Maybe he joins Omos. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, You also, like, so much has been put on this Reigns Lesnar program of like who are your title contenders coming out of this. It's a very short list of people, and Lashley is one of them. So I don't know mm. if you want to be using him as sort of a, a stepping stone uh, mm. in this. But at the same time, like beating Omos, I mean, if they beat him on on Sunday, like that kind of tells he you where doesn't have to beat him. He just has to like body slam him, you know, like the Andre thing or like Yokozuna. Like it just just have a physically impressive spot. He could eat the pinfall by cheating afterwards and. He'll still get that visual kind of hero heroic moment. Yeah. We'll see how much time this one gets. I don't see it being too lengthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's also coming back from injury. Well, yeah. And you're not in there with, with the guy that I would be um, completely handing my, my body over to either. Like if like, mm-hmm. I'm sure his shoulder, like this is, it was probably like touch and go. The fact that we haven't seen him since uh, elimination chamber and he hadn't wrestled uh, in the weeks leading up to that. Reggie and Dana Brooke are in the back holding hands. We've got a close-up of them hand in hand. And Reggie has something to tell her, but something always comes up. Do these two not date six other days of the week? They're not. They're only together on Mondays. Might be difficult to, you know, uh, I mean, they have homes to take care of, I'm assuming, in their individual towns. Uh, This is a bizarre relationship that they have. They can't even find time. Like, he's just has no time to propose to her, which they've been together for, what, two weeks? (laughs) 
It's three at least, isn't it? Okay. It's about the amount of time it takes these days. Well, he gets down on one knee. Dana stops him saying, this is so sudden. And Reggie, <laughs> Reggie with a straight face says, we don't have to wait for our WrestleMania moment this weekend. We can have one right now. <laughs> proposing to you a WrestleMania moment. Um, this this guy's smart because engagements at WrestleMania don't have a perfect outcome. Yeah, and the record's not too good. He presents the ring. She says yes. And then they get attacked by Tamina, who tries to pin Dana, but they escape. And Akira Tozawa's there, but he is not with his ninja suit. He is in a regular suit. You know what that means. Tozawa proposes, and then Tamina grabs him by the collar. He he says, like, the, the, the full proposal was, Tamina, you are my earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> Will you do me the honor of? And then Tamina stops him and says, what do you think? Yes. <laughs> so he goes to put so the ring funny. on her finger and it won't fit at first. And then he like forces it onto her finger. And our truth is spying and says, this gives me an idea. So it looks like we're going to get a double wedding with our truth as the officiant. Well, listen, both of these two, all three of these people are in the uh, uh, under the giant battle royal. So, so maybe, maybe that'll be the segment or maybe they'll save it for WrestleMania actually. Who knows? Um, they're really going all in on this like love angle for the 24-7 division, and it has gotten so stupid <laughs> that I'm enjoying what? it. I'm enjoying it again. I, I I don't know. I find this things like I get such a kick out of seeing Akira Tozawa do this acting. You are my earth, wind, and fire. Like what an interesting character arc this man has had, you know? Like coming over to the US from Dragon Gate, Cruiserweight Classic, 205 Live. Becomes a ninja, you know, gets eaten by a shark, uh, and now he's suddenly doing marriage angles on on Raw. Like what? What a what an interesting life he's had. Just just imagine if this was Kota Ibushi. <laughs> it, it could have been, yeah. So you are my golden triangle. Oh, I think Ibushi. Oh goodness, he would have had fun with this, but like, yeah, it would have been sad. The bloodline come out and they're putting over. This will be Roman Reigns sixth. WrestleMania main event behind uh, Hulk Hogan, who they, they don't mention by name. And Rain says, I used to run Raw until Fox came begging for me to save SmackDown. And he threatens to smash Brock Lesnar, or he, he threatens to smash the audience if he hears another what chant, just like I'd smash Austin and just like I'm going to smash Brock Lesnar. And the chants get louder. Then they change to Suplex City. And Reigns tells a story about how Lesnar has already drawn blood from him. At WrestleMania 34, he busted my head open and I bled all over New Orleans in a match that that audience completely turned on. It was just a disaster of a, of a main event. Beach balls were out. See, I forget which one it was because I, I feel like they've had a couple that... They had a really good one in uh, 31, the one where they do the cash-in. And then this okay. one was the New Orleans one. Uh, they turned and, on. And it was just, it was just a mess. It was just the crowd was so done with this show and with this feud, and it was not great. Um, but yes, he bled all over New Orleans to the point that his children didn't recognize him. His wife didn't want him to be in this business, and his family was disappointed in him. 
And now it's all fun and games with Brock and said, we changed the game and take, and I'm going to take everything from Lesnar. I've already taken his advocate. I surpassed his reign as champion. I took his blood at the garden. And this Sunday in the final move, I take his title and we'll make it personal because it's always been personal to me. I thought this was a very good promo from Reigns. I agree. I thought so too. You know, he, he showed a bit more range here. He wasn't just a slow, quiet talker. He was getting angry and getting aggressive and it all came across really natural and very smooth. So, um, these were again, okay. Individual segments, you know, again, not necessarily anything that I think we needed to see. Although like to me, the most interesting thing is, is like the odd Austin mentions in both of them. So, um, yeah, we'll see what they have for Friday. Yeah. Overall, I think this, this program has been built up very effectively like it feels like a big match for the this weekend it's to me like it's this and and the austin owens thing are like you're you're one and two things and then it's it's kind of everything else after that but these two feel like big main events for each show it better like they they put everything into this you know they've they've iced both their their divisions to put both belts into this whole thing i mean countless hours of airtime cars john were destroyed yes lots lots of weapons Blood, mm-hmm. Austin Theory at the Madison Square Garden. They've gone to every mm-hmm. every uh, every gimmick they can come up with. Zelina and Carmella were having a photo shoot, and they laughed about their attack last week. Baszler and Natalia show up. This was a an awkward segment, and Baszler gives them a talk about leading them to victory, and maybe we'll let you live to see WrestleMania. So may- maybe we won't kill you. Yeah. Good luck with that. I mean, they did. They didn't even sound convinced of their words. Wow, kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I just like Shayna. Uh, Shayna at least got to speak in this one, but boy, does she feel like such a background presence here. You know, remember like when she when she was about to like leave Raw. Like, remember when they're feeding her Naya and Eva Marie? You know, That's and now right. she's had nothing. Remember when she was back uh, biting Becky Lynch's neck? Making her bleed. Remember that? I pr- I almost prefer that to this. Remember, like when we saw her in the Rumble with with Ronda. Mm-hmm. No interaction since then between the two. So and it's like they're not friends at all. You know, and just what I mean. I, she's on the show at least. Then we got a plug for the Hall of Fame. So again, they said the Hall of Fame immediately following SmackDown, and then Michael Cole informed us we're gonna have the kickoff show, followed by. Corey Graves and Caleb Braxton hosting the ceremony. We're getting a Hall of Fame kickoff show after okay. the two-hour TV show. It, we got we got to kick things off. Well, it does make sense to me, just so that they can like tear the set down or, or change the set and put the seats down and everything. That's what I'm assuming is it's there for. I guess so. Yes, and they don't want you tuning elsewhere. But so, what are we talking about? Like an hour and a half for for the Hall of Fame. Uh, well, that was the, that was what the window was going to be, 1030 till 12. And we'll see how flexible that that out is for them. I mean, you're on a streaming service. So, I mean, there should be some flexibility. How are we going to do that? I don't know. Jeez. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to review SmackDown in probably 10 minutes. That's that's my goal. Queen Zelina, Carmella, Natalia, and Shayna Baszler against Sasha Banks, Naomi, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley. And Michael Cole asks Corey Graves if Carmella wears that mask at home. And Corey Graves came back. You keep my fiance's name out of your mouth. <laughs> and that was our time. only reference on this show. This was like WWE completely 
avoiding um, the obvious tonight. I thought it'd be just too easy that everyone I, would be going for it. I, I'm, I kind of enjoyed that they didn't go that direction because I'm so tired of like just nonstop talk about the Oscars. I would say like, you know, without, uh, at about 12 hours into the news cycle, I, I mean, maybe we all kind of had a lot of us had our fill, I suppose. I was fatigued before I went to sleep last night. I was like done with that. I was like, I knew tomorrow every single person on the planet is going to have to share their opinion of this. And uh, I was glad WWE didn't feel the need to have to spoof it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have expected some sort of mention, and I suppose this was about as uh, overt as we got on the show. Everyone takes turn with, turns with striking, and there's a backstabber on Carmella that, that gets prevented by Zelina. Uh, Carmella's in control of Banks after the break, and then Baszler and Natalia yank Liv and Rhea off the apron, although Naomi's still there, and they pull her away. Stretch muffler is applied to Banks by Baszler into a heart attack, but then Zelina sends Natalia out trying to get the pin, and they keep stating on commentary these two are teammates and they end up screwing each other and then Baszler and Zelina argue Banks catches her leg Naomi gets the tag and then tags to Morgan and Ripley leads to the riptide and Zelina takes the fall from Rhea and Graves is consoled Carmella so they'll all get their chance at one another on Sunday pretty sure like the heels have lost everything like in the sorry the, the the champions have I feel like they've taken pins in like every single week. On, I think on show, but, the, I think yeah. Sasha and Naomi have gone. Uh, they don't have they a blemish won. in this in this lead up. And same with I mean they I, at least it feels like Ripley and Liv have been booked strong on the on the other side. So they're at least consistent. You know if if anything um with the story continuing being you know like Carmilla is so distracted with Corey that she's costing their team all these losses. So. It means anything can happen. They could very well retain this weekend. Oh, very, very, very possible. Um, then we have a video for Steve Austin done to Ba Wida Ba by Kid Rock. They must have signed a f- full catalog deal f- from Kid Rock when they got the Undertaker uh, uh, American Badass song back i mean i i guess so maybe, maybe they maybe they have be, that ready for the hall of fame they just got a whole collection ready for uh for this weekend so i feel the cowboy would be a bit more fitting for austin but maybe maybe they're saving that for uh for jeff jarrett's return you know watching this like your immediate thing is like my god you're you're picking ball with a ball but i mean for the steve austin for this video package this was a 1999 video oh, package. Yeah, it so works. it's a song yeah. that totally works totally for works. this steve austin it was all of the austin greatest hits they even lined up the lyrics of bang bang when austin's got the bang 316 that's a oh. trick wwe loves those in in their music videos uh we had clips from like paul levesque and kurt angle booker orton rock vince everyone in here and pretty much every classic austin clip you can think of they had in here mainstream appearances and at the end uh they just thank kid rock and plug his new album yes kid rock's new album bad reputation mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and they they, they noted wwe hall of famer kid rock <laughs> perfect <laughs> this was, was ludicrous. Uh, hilarious i mean the, the, you know it's getting to the point now where i think in a few years we can only use songs from wwe hall of famers uh they'll have enough of them i think by then uh it was it was a it was a cool well done video for for yeah. austin and then out comes kevin owens with his ko mania 6 shirt Stunner versus Stunner. So cool. he's made it up to six. 
Hasn't been on every one of these WrestleManias, but he has made it to KO Mania 6. He certainly deserves this one, I would say. He's he's done his job for this one and did a dynamite segment here. He says that that video was not as good as my tribute last week. I was not mocking Steve Austin last week. I was paying homage to him. And he calls the KO show the main event of WrestleMania Saturday. I think it should be. Owens, he says, dressing up is the closest you're going to get to seeing the classic Stone Cold. He's gone. And he's been gone for 19 years. He's never coming back. He's no longer stone cold. He's just Steve drinking himself into oblivion for 19 years and so bored on his ranch that he begs people to come onto his podcast to talk about the good old days. He says he might look like stone cold. He even sounds like stone cold. He talks a big game, but Steve isn't coming to pick a fight. Because he knows what will happen. And on Sunday, or sorry, on Saturday, that's going to be very confusing this week with these programs. Mm -hmm. He wants to have a nice little chat with Steve. And I'm going to give you the biggest platform to have one of your shows that you've ever had to give you a send off. And you know what? I hate beer, but I'm willing to drink one. And we will toast to you passing the torch to me as the new Stone Cold and the one true master of the stunner. Owen, Owens 316 says my stunner is better than yours and warns Austin if he tries to get funny, he'll get a stunner and pour one of his beers onto Austin himself. This was an awesome segment. I thought this was terrific. He did really well. Yeah, I think he was a great choice to put into this scenario. I mean, you know, outside of the natural feud with the stunner versus stunner thing. But um. Yeah, you can count on a guy this good to be able to basically tell the entire story by himself for these weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, they're certainly talking this up like it's going to be a match. You know, they're they're, they're just just stopping short of of actually promoting it as such. But I mean, they they're making this feel as big as as a match itself. Yeah, and I I think it'll require like Owens like gets a lot of shine in this too. I think Mm -hmm. that it's like, not just like some beat down. It's gotta be a lot more than that. That's how it's been built up. But I think you gotta uh, get the beer spot in there in the middle. You totally, right. He's going to eat a stunner and he's going to drink a beer. Yeah. I think like, and Owens will probably sell it tremendously when he's getting doused in beer or the other way around. Maybe he, he hits Austin Austin with the stunner and takes one of the cans and possible. Yeah. Before he pours it, there's going to be a lot of advertising for Steve Austin's new beer. I think. That's right. He's got that whole beer to promote. So we will probably see him go through about uh, a 2-4 of that on the show. Then we had Ricochet versus Austin Theory. Ricochet is your intercontinental champion if you're keeping score at home. Theory did a promo saying he's coming for Pat McAfee and his meathead fans. And he hits a fallaway slam. The crowd is chanting, we want Pat. Ricochet comes back with a springboard clothesline, standing shooting star for a two count, and then he's knocked off balance off the top rope and hit with the ATL, and Austin Theory pins Ricochet in a minute 45. Why this had to be Ricochet, um, I I didn't even bother, because you know what? The Intercontinental title, it means nothing. It's got no program going into Mania. It's a nothing title. There's a program going into Friday. Into Friday on SmackDown, yes. He's got a defense. So, I mean, what a defense against two people that just beat him on Friday back to back. Like this is uh, this is where this title is is positioned. He is the setup guy for Austin Theory against the announcer at WrestleMania. And they got two minutes, less than two minutes. 
Yeah, totally meaningless. Um, maybe they're trying to push him. You know, maybe they're giving the Daniel Bryan push. That, that's it. You know, he's going to get over because the fans will want more, and then this will all be part of the plan. Listen, he wasn't even supposed to be here. You're right. Yeah, he's he's just grateful. Okay, he got the U.S. Mm-hmm. Championship. Now he's the Intercontinental Champion. Mm. So he's he's moving on. He up. got on Raw. You know, what more can you ask for? Huge. Uh, they went over uh, Paul Levesque's retirement announcement, and then Bianca Belair made her return, coming out, and she says she shouldn't be talking, but she has to address this. Um, this was after her uh, attack by Becky two weeks ago, and says that because of my confidence. It threatens Becky's entire existence, and it's why Becky acts the way she does. I was taken out for a week, but now I'm back, and I'm coming for this title on Saturday. And Becky tries to jump her with a chair, and they end up fighting, and Belair is hit with the chair in the midsection and to the back, and then Becky pulls out scissors. Giant scissors. Said, I told you I was going for your hair. And she goes to cut the braid. And, dude, there were people in this crowd that thought that they were going to cut this braid on TV. And Mm -hmm. instead, Belair stops her with a KOD, then hits her with a second KOD. And she takes the scissors and starts cutting away at Becky's hair. My immediate thought is, why why was this not WrestleMania? Um, But... You know, it was it didn't like uh, shave her bald hair, but enough hair uh, w- was cut here. It was like she, not nothing. Yeah, I mean, she cut sort of like you know a few inches off of the ends, but like in more than one spot, you know, all around. And I mean, she might have been wearing extensions, but the visual at the end I thought made it really feel impactful because she, she here's like a crazy demonic looking Becky Lynch with hair all over the ring. And I think this is the character shift we've been talking about. Like mm-hmm. th- when she loses this title, she she said this title is everything. And I think she loses the title. And this is going to spin Becky off into a character that I hope she can pull off. Like it's kind of like it's going to be a more pronounced version of Dakota Kai that we see in NXT. Sure. Yeah. That's where it feels like we're going. I, I thought it was a really good go-home angle. To me, the most significant one of any of them on this show. To me, the only one that felt worthy of, I would say, a go-home Raw. Um, and I would say also probably the most heated this feud has been in since they started it, maybe. You know, like, yes, they had, like, some real injuries in there. Um, and maybe that's kind of been, been a bit of a cause for them not interacting as much as maybe they wanted to. But I thought they saved the best for last. And this, to me, was was a really great. It was a great promo from Bianca Belair, first of all. I thought she sounded really smooth. She really is, to me, among the top in the women's division, at least on this show. Because, I mean, I, I think she's better than Sasha, you know, on the mic. I think she's better than Charlotte. So um, she sounded great. And the angle was fantastic, too. And they announced uh, Brantley Gilbert and Jesse James Decker to sing America the Beautiful for each night. Sorry, just getting back to that that match. Because this angle was so strong and because it was in favor of the baby face, does it change? Does it give any doubt to you about what the finish might be on Saturday? No, I took this as like Belair is going to win this title and Becky is going to go off into this new character direction. Like she's just totally like disconnected from reality. And maybe we'll even see her with a, like a bit of a new look on, on Saturday with, with, with the hair. That's interesting. Well, I only asked because number one, um, because this was so strong in the, in the go home show before uh, WrestleMania for the baby phase. Number two, this is not going to main event. 
Number three, they have a backlash show that they have to book for as well. Um, so could it be possible that they might book to to a second match with this one? Maybe that's when you do a hair versus hair stipulation. Um, or it could be Bel Belair wins and Becky is completely lost without this title that she's willing to put up her hair for Becky for Bianca's title. I like that more. I mean, I think she should, you know, like if, should if get Becky's, her moment. If Becky's going to get a whole new look, um, and they just throw that out at WrestleMania, like mm -hmm. that's a waste. Like, do yeah. get another month out of this, and it's like it in it helps the Becky transformation of she's willing to put her hair on the line. Like she's just she will do anything to get this belt back. Well, if they are going to build to a you know an actual hair versus hair match, it almost feels like this angle was done a little. I, I do title versus hair. I don't think you have to even put up Bel Air's. I don't even sure. think that's a believable stipulation. You're right. Title versus hair. You're right. Yeah, but even that feels like it was too soon for this because this is the type of angle you would do prior to setting up a a stipulation like that. Yeah, I I think Bianca wins, but they may also make the argument of you know it's. It, this is not closing the show on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It may not even be the prominent women's title match on Saturday. It's probably going to be earlier in the card. And do you want to do a title switch that maybe is not going to be as focused upon and you can hold it off for a month? They they might do that. Uh, Schreiber just interviewed Becky in the back and she just stared into the camera. Bianca, you bitch. All she needed to say. You know, I thought her visuals were really great on, on their own. She didn't have to say anything, really. Drew McIntyre against Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss in a handicap match. So the handicap match that will lead to the singles match on the weekend. Corbin and Moss did a promo, and Corbin told Moss, I'll take care of this myself. You just sit on the apron and learn. And he jokes what Corbin is going to say after he's hit with the Claymore. It killed. It's actually pretty good this week. Corbin was not happy with this joke again. Corbin immediately tags out and bails as Moss is sent in there with Drew. Uh, I will never not gasp every time now that Drew goes for a belly-to-belly -belly on, on Riddick Moss. Uh, he did the spot here. Uh, tosses him to Corbin, but Corbin just abandons Moss and leaves. And Moss gets hit with the Glasgow kiss, Claymore, in a minute 55. So we, we got some very quick matches here. And... Then Corbin returns, attacking Drew from behind, runs him into the post, hits him with the end of days, and then, like Adam Cole, he went and stole his possession. He stole the sword. So Corbin is leaving with Angela. I mean, before Adam Cole was stealing belts, Baron Corbin was stealing swords, like, come on, like every other week. You know, remember when they stole the sword when it was, like, uh, in the desk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then... Drew just went back and got it. He just got it, yeah. Uh, I mean, theft angles, uh, just, I mean, that, that's half the wrestling storylines. Can you imagine as a wrestler <laughs> that this is the object you would choose to steal from someone and you got to lug it around the country? Like, what a pain in the ass to travel with that sword and explain that at customs and, no. like, just imagine. How do, you, how do you drive around with it? You need, like. Like, is know, that a carry-on? I think it's an oversized carry-on. Or silver, oversized check bag, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, I used to check like tripods and, you know, they would be oversized. So um, I'm, I'm assuming it travels with the trucks. You know, he probably like um, tucks it away with the ring crew and says like, hey, don't give this to Drew McIntyre. I'm going to get it. I'd give it back to Drew McIntyre if I was the, the production guy. Edge is in a dark room 
with the scales of justice. And he goes over his choice last week that he had. He could have caused AJ to lose last week, and therefore he would get to face Rollins at WrestleMania and give him a beating that he deserves. But it has to be AJ. So he made that decision last week and said that both of them need one another. AJ needed Edge to remove the veil of mediocrity and remember that he is an era-defining star. This was like very nice. Like this is a very like compliment. Like I'm just pushing you to realize what a great performer you are. Because mm-hmm. for the last year you've been teaming with Omos doing very little. So it was very kind of Edge. And Edge says, I needed you to become what I've become, the benchmark of WWE. We've both pushed each other, but I will continue to soar and you will not. And says, we both have histories of winning titles everywhere we go and blowing the roof off venues. It's going to be a match for the ages, and I'm already occupying space in your head. It's judgment day, and your judgment is sealed. You know, I think it's a, it was a good, like, well-conceived sort of um, textbook good performance for by a pro wrestler, but... To me, like this feud hasn't really been clicking in its story. I'm excited for the match on paper, but I think that's all they want. I think they're promising you this is going to be an excellent match, and you know who to cheer and who it, to boo. It's all that's they it. want, but I think Edge is has been trying really hard to try to get the character and the story across. And unfortunately, I think it's been really hampered by the poor setup and how abrupt I would say both their turns have been. AJ, you know, spent the better part of the year just as a heel with Olmos and. Suddenly, he's a good guy because I guess Omos beat him up. And Edge, coming off of beating Seth Rollins, or sorry, beating The Miz and and Maurice with his wife, um, decided to go bad. And then in a month's time, they're trying to convey this sort of like rivalry that somehow he and AJ have had um, concurrently. And I, I, even though like I, I really applaud Edge for like, you know, trying something different with the purple light and whatnot, like I don't think the story has been well sold. For me, at least, like, I don't really feel it. But again, I'm excited just for the match on paper. I think that's like the role it's it's serving. And I think this crowd, they're going to boo Edge and they're going to cheer AJ. Um, but this is this is the match that's out there to be your, your 20, 22 minute excellent think so. wrestling match. We hope I, I you know what? I, I should take that back because if if they have like a three hour slot for me, no, I do see this one getting time. Um, 20, it is on the think? Sunday. It is on the Sunday, which is maybe the the night where it's going to be a little more pressed for time. But you look at this card, like like how much time realistically are some of these matches going to get? We can go over it at, at the end. Um, like that second night, like Lashley and Omos, that's not getting a whole lot of time. Um, like Knoxville and Zayn is going to have a lot of stunts and stuff. But McAfee and Austin Theory, the women's four way, like nothing that I think is going to eat up a ton of time. Um, like, I think Edge and AJ, they might have the most time of anyone on that show the second we'll night. See. After that, we got AJ's reaction. He says that Edge used a lot of words to justify another cheap shot. The verdict is already in on his judgment, and I'm going to deliver a beating that no one has ever seen this Sunday. Mm. Yeah, fine. Violence. That's what he's promising. The pit bull. And then the main event, RK Bro and the Usos. Uh, we had Nakamura and Boogs just out ringside. Just, uh, just they're here. Because they're defending. Wait, wait, they're challenging for the Usos mm-hmm. titles. Yeah, so they wanted to see them up close on Raw on a different night of the week. Um, 
Michael Cole explains that Nakamura and Boogs, they do everything together. They even travel together, which we have seen in commercials. Yes, we have. Yeah. So the uh, the Usos confront Nakamura and Boogs at the beginning of the match, and then they get dumped onto the desk by RK-Bro. And we got the heat on Riddle for 90% of the match and then built up to the hot tag to Randy Orton. Place goes wild. He's in there with Jimmy. Um, Jimmy fakes him out on the power slam, but then gets hit on the second try. Then there's one hit to Jay. Jimmy stops the draping DDT from being hit, but then he's hit with a PK from Riddle off the apron. And Orton proceeds to hit the draping DDT. He calls for the RKO to Jay when the Street Profits run in, attacking Orton. So we get a DQ to end the match. Boogs and Nakamura get involved. And then Boogs presses Jimmy in the air, and they brawl to the back. Riddle and RKO are left with the Street Profits, and Riddle RKO's Dawkins. Then he hoists Ford in the air for a RKO in midair by Orton. Then they hit another RKO to Ford, and Riddle with another to Dawkins. So they just completely laid them out with multiple RKOs. And no Alpha Academy on the show. They had been announced for a match with the Street Profits, and they worked in Toronto last night, so I don't know what the story is there, but um, we did not get any Gable and Otis, which this would have been the segment to have them do some involvement in. Interesting, yeah. Uh, maybe they're saving them for Friday. Uh, possible, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, the main event, like, what can you say? You know, it was it's 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 every RK Bro match where they're setting up for the hot tag for Randy Orton, and of course it works. Um, except this time, because there are two champions involved, of course you have to end in a non-finish. It's such a flat way to s- send people <laughs> off of your go-home show. Why make this match? Does it make any difference, you know, the the appeal of seeing two champions face each other? Uh, when you're just kind of, you know, risking people being upset at your product by, you know, not giving them a finish to close a three-hour show? I, I thought it was a terrible main event for that reason. And, you know, I I don't have that much interest in the feud itself. Other than, you know, whatever teases there may be of an Art Randy Orton turn, um, which they really haven't. And they don't need to for them to do it, of course. But, the, I, I, you know, it's it's just another tag match to me. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of a flat ending to, to the show, doing the DQ finish and just sort of, um, you know, a secondary program that was used to close the show. But that was that was that. Um, I thought the show had some good promos on it. I I really liked. I, I thought the Owen segment that was my favorite thing on the show. I thought that was a tremendous segment. Bianca had a really good promo. Edge had a nice promo. Reigns had a good promo. So you you got some like really good promos here for uh, just like your final kind of build for WrestleMania. It's like all the programs are set, and it was largely uh, just Omos and Lashley was the only thing you were essentially shooting an angle for and putting into place, and and the Rollins stuff. Yeah, I really like the Bianca Becky segment with the hair this time. Um I and I'm really interested in what this Austin stuff might be, you know, with him being mentioned by both Brock and Reigns. Could be nothing or could be something. So on night one, uh, our lineup is Becky Lynch against Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title. The Mysterios against The Miz and Logan Paul. Drew McIntyre against Happy Corbin. The Usos versus Nakamura and Boogs for the SmackDown titles. New Day, uh, King Woods and Kofi Kingston against Sheamus and Ridge Holland, accompanied by Butch. Mm-hmm. So Butch will uh, will figure into WrestleMania. Seth freaking Rollins against unknown opponent, and Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Title, or just the SmackDown Title as Ronda will call it. 
And of course, the KO show with yes, Steve Austin. Yes, of course. Yes. The Owens uh, segment with Steve Austin, which I think should probably close the show. I don't think that's I would not want to follow that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I think it's the most interesting thing there. You know, for the hardcores, it'd probably be the Cody thing. That coupled with Steve Austin actually getting physical and, you know, having some semblance of, of, a, of a match coupled with Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. I think it will be enough to um, satisfy a paying audience. You know, um, Charlotte versus Ronda to me does not feel like it's that hot of a match, but, you know... They're going to treat it like it's a big deal, and I think the audience will probably perceive Ronda as like a big star, so there will be at least a certain atmosphere if it doesn't main event. Um, but yeah, we're all there for to see Steve Austin and you know Cody, I think. Do you see us getting the um like a title match opening the show? Mm-hmm. And, sure. Because because Becky and Bel Air would then fall into that category and could open the show. Yeah, very much so. I would I would start with Charlotte Ronda, actually. Do that one first? I mean, you could really do either one, but they'll probably save Charlotte Ronda for later. And then night two, uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, winner take all. Bobby Lashley against Omos, Edge versus AJ, RK Bro, the Street Profits, and Alpha Academy for the Raw Tag Titles, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, and then the four-way women's tag title match. So seven matches announced for each show, uh, plus you've got the, the Austin Owens involvement on night one. So uh, that is probably the card. I, I don't see anything else being added now that um, Kingston and Woods with Sheamus and Holland have their match. Yeah, I mean, there's always the potential that they'll do something on night one to set up for night two, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, at the moment, or, or 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 kickoff stuff like you could set up something with with Ricochet or or whatever because you do have like two hours of kickoffs uh, both nights and uh, maybe some of like I, I can't see more than one of these matches on either night being moved to the kickoff. Like if you've got a three hour um, window, um, I, I think you'd want at least six, if not seven, matches in the in that window. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we get really lengthy panel chats for two hours. You might get that too. Yeah. But you know, for, for night two, it's, I mean, it's, it's Brock and Reigns outside of that edge and styles. I think, you know, we'll probably have a lot more of the, um, in ring fans, um, interests, but the rest of this, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of celebrity and spectacle here with Pat McAfee. We'll see what Vince does if he gets involved at all. Um, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, that's going to be more of a stunt show, sort of like slash, um, 24 seven segment, I feel. And the rest of it is just like, to me, like filler tag team matches, you know, and this Lashley Olmos thing, which could be fun, but these don't feel like WrestleMania worthy segments at all. Like they feel like raw segments at best. Yeah. Well, we will be talking about it plenty uh, this week uh, with lots to come. We are going to be back on Tuesday live at 1 p.m. Eastern time as we will be live with the uh, the post-daily news show and then rewind away, dropping on Tuesday evening for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe with our review of the 2016 WWE Draft. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got one super chat here. As always, if you join us live, 11.05 Eastern time after Raw or 10.05 Eastern time, on uh wednesdays you can send super chats to support this show and we go to hanzi who says who sends a seven dollar super chat thank you so much hanzi for the support he asks, which lineage do you think they'll use after unification and if they create a new title for raw do you think cody wins it um the lineage i'm sure i i don't see this title staying unified for very long so Mm -hmm. um i don't either yeah 
I mean, they're going to have a baby, John, and it's the baby's going to, you know, become the custody of one of these men. So I think they have to at least keep keep that stipulation alive for a little bit, you know, heading into backlash, maybe, maybe all the way even until SummerSlam, possibly. But, um, if it does happen, I, I'm pretty sure they'll keep their own WWE championship lineage. It's a longer one. It's the one that goes all the way back to, you know, like Hogan and Bruno and Brett. It wouldn't make sense to keep the universal. Um, yeah, maybe they can fight over, um, they can find another object to fight over on raw. Maybe. Yeah. So. Um, Cody in terms of, uh, winning a theoretical championship, I mean, he needs to come in and be a major player right off the bat. I think that's pretty essential or else I, I think that will be uh, established quick. I think he needs to win on the weekend and then uh, be thrust into a, a big program. Uh, if it's going to be on raw, like they, like when you look at challengers for the, this championship and, and main guys, like it's not the longest list. And we've kind of been um, shielded from that reality because everything has been built about around Reigns and Lesnar, who are two major stars in the company. But when one of them is not around, like who are stepping up there? And it's a list of Lashley, Drew, and like Cody falls into that list. Like it's not a super deep list. Like, yeah, you can get a Rollins or an Owens up there. Um, but in, in terms of like, it's not the deepest list that you have either. Did you mean to use the term shielded on purpose? No, I did not. Um, oh, but okay. yeah, I guess it can be used for multiple purposes. Well, I want to thank everybody for being here, and I want to end this off with some big news, John. Okay. We have just hit 10,000 subs here at youtube.com slash post wrestling. So confetti uh, everywhere. We've got fireworks going on outside. It's a big milestone for us here at youtube.com slash post wrestling. We've been working really hard. Delivering a lot of live content, delivering a lot of uh, videos just every single day here. So thank you, everybody, who has subscribed. And if you have not yet, give us a like and give us a subscribe. Helps us with our algorithms, helps us with all this other stuff. It's a, it's, it's a long process, but we'll be here for a long time, so it's okay. Thanks to everybody for all of your support, um, especially on on the video side that we've been putting a, a ton of emphasis into over the last uh, number of months. And hopefully it continues to grow this week and beyond. So uh, you'll hear from us plenty uh, throughout the week, uh, daily news shows each day at 1 Eastern. And then all of our WrestleMania week shows, it really kicks off on uh, Thursday. So postwrestlingcafe.com, great time to join and you won't miss any of the shows that are coming up over the next week or so. So that is it. And we will speak with you on Tuesday.